The Music and Musicians at the Royal Chapel. Episode 1. The Royal Chapel, Crown Jewel of the King's Musical Collection. The 5th of June, 1710, almost 10 o'clock. The entire court crowds into the Versailles Chateau's new chapel, surrounded by its slender columns, marblework, gilding, and painted vault. It will be inaugurated today with great pomp during a royal mass led by the Archbishop of Paris. Louis XIV has left his quarters, and the procession arrives in the chapel. The chapel's construction is almost complete after 23 years. It was about time. Louis XIV is 72 years old, and his reign will soon end. He finally has the sanctuary that he has been awaiting for for nearly 30 years, the sanctuary that will mark the high point of his reign. The king was very pious at the end of his life and had loved music since his youth, and he wanted the most beautiful setting possible in which his sacred music would ring out. followed the chapel's construction quite closely and even had his musicians test out its acoustics. Several weeks before its inauguration, the courtiers remarked on the sovereign's impatience. The king went to see his new chapel for the first time. Finding it nearly complete and magnificent, he explored its every corner and learned everything about it. He had a matted sang several times by the king's music in order to know what kind of effect it would have. This new chapel was designed by the architect Jules Ardouin Mansart, to whom we also owe the Hall of Mirrors. Louis XIV would only be able to enjoy it for five years as he passed away in 1715. So for almost his entire reign, Louis XIV heard the religious service's music from another chapel's platform, the one that existed before the chapel that we now have. In May 1682, Louis XIV made Versailles his main residence, turning it into the seat of power and of the government. All of Europe thereafter turned its eyes to the king's new palace in France. And yet, we must understand that until the end of the Sun King's reign, life at Versailles was not easy. The courtiers had to weave their way through scaffolding and workers, breathing in dust from the plaster and marble as well as foul paint fumes. 
At least four successive chapels preceded the 1710 edifice and were built in different locations at the chateau. The second to last one was two stories high and built where the Hercule Salon is currently situated. Consecrated the 30th of April, 1682, this chapel was the one that the king used most during his lifetime as he went there nearly every day for 30 years. Far from being a calm space of contemplation like most churches, the Versailles Chapel is a veritable hive of activity, holding events continuously from dawn to dusk. Among the numerous services held each day, the most important is no doubt the King's Mass with music. Every morning at 10 o'clock, nearly 100 musicians perform for 30 minutes for the King from an exceptional repertoire. This hum of activity makes sense when we consider that the royal chapel, or more accurately, the king's chapel, was much more an institution than a particular place. It was, in fact, the most important and the oldest institution of the king's household, and its music, meaning all the musicians and singers associated with the chapel, is the oldest department of the king's music. we can trace its origins to the last centuries of the Middle Ages, to the beginning of French royalty. In this context, religious worship and music are inextricably linked and because of the divine right of kings, religion is similarly linked to royalty. The very Christian king requires a very Christian mass. The mass requires music. Therefore, the very Christian king requires very Christian music. Before Louis XIV and his court moved permanently to Versailles, the royal chapel and all its staff were itinerant or ambulatory. The chapel was not set in one specific place, but instead followed, or more accurately preceded, the sovereign in absolutely all his movements. Indeed, the whole staff, including the chapel musicians, their instruments and their scores, was constantly on the move, going from one royal residence to another. Fontainebleau, Saint-Germain-en-Laye, Chambord, Marly. They even accompanied the king on his military campaigns. It was quite a procession. The king, therefore, could easily go to his chapel wherever he went, either in its fullest form or in a travel size. When the court settles in Versailles in the spring of 1682, the development of the music of the royal chapel accelerates in kind. The chateau is still under construction and music is everywhere, even in the gardens. 
It is everywhere, yes, but it is not a cacophony. Everything is organized as it should be. And everyone is fascinated by the music at the French court. French and foreign musicians alike, whether they be singers, instrumentalists, or composers, all dream of obtaining a position at Versailles. The king's music, an essential element in courtly life, is a well-oiled machine. By the end of Louis XIV's reign, it includes 200 musicians who are capable of providing music at any moment, any day, and in whatever numbers required. The king's music is divided into three departments. The music of the king's chamber for secular entertainment, like opera, ballet, and concerts, which the court particularly loved to hear during the famed evenings in the king's quarters. The music of the royal stables for ceremonial music, military parades, and open-air festivals. And the centerpiece, the music of the royal chapel for religious services and ceremonies. The Royal Chapel is a little world unto itself, and hierarchically well-defined. It consists of two bodies, the Oratory Chapel, comprised of the important ecclesiastical dignitaries at court, as well as the officiating members of the ordinary time masses, and the Musical Chapel, which brought together not only all the chaplain and clerics who officiated the liturgical calendar's major holidays, but also all the musical staff who participated in services during both holidays and ordinary time. That is the group called the Music of the Royal Chapel. Officially, the Music of the Royal Chapel is led by an ecclesiastic, the master, who is not a musician by trade. In actuality, decisions are made by the music master, an excellent musician recruited among the best in the kingdom. Two to four music masters share the year's work depending on the time period and recruitment vagaries. The music master plays a crucial role as he handles the recruiting of the enfants de la musique, or pages, the young boys who sing in the chorus, as well as supervising their musical and moral education and thus displays the most beautiful voices to the king. However, that is far from being his only task. The music master chooses the music that will be played during the musical services, particularly the king's daily mass. He must also lead the musicians' rehearsal then. During the services, he beats the time, as they called conducting at that time. And above all, the music master must frequently compose music for the king's mass. He often does so at night by candlelight when he is finally free from his numerous responsibilities and alone at his work table. Lastly, the music master is also the head of all the musical staff at the chapel, which requires a diversity of skills. The music of the royal chapel includes about 80 adult male singers, called chantres, six to eight pages, and between 20 to 25 symphonistes, or instrumentalists. There was therefore a reserve of about 90 to 100 performers available to flesh out music for the king's mass every single morning.
And to keep the boat afloat, you need hands on deck. Therefore, these musicians were surrounded behind the scenes by people whose work was absolutely necessary for everything to function, including two fourriers, who took care of the staff's lodgings when they traveled with the court, two sommiers, a kind of attendant who carried the chapel's chests and ornamental objects, as well as rugs and pillows for the king and his family, launderers who made sure that the clothing and liturgical ornaments were spotless, tutors charged with helping the music master with the pages, who also had a lute teacher, an organ blower, an essential deckhand who made the mechanical bellows blow, and a printer and a copyist who both prepared and copied the musical parts. This little team was in a way the ancestor to today's stage management company. The reputation of the music of the Royal Chapel extended far beyond Versailles' gates and the kingdom's frontiers. Even foreigners judged it to be the best of its kind in all of Europe. The musicians took the stage in the morning during the king's daily mass in order to perform music particular to these masses, motets. To experience this first musical moment of the royal day, tune in to the next episode. Find out more about the Royal Chapel and the key figures in this episode on xpodcast.cmbv.fr. Discover our archives, videos, interviews, and much more. A Centre de Musique Baroque de Versailles podcast in collaboration with the Palace of Versailles. Narrated by Zachary Wilder, written by Suzanne Gervais, scientific expert Thomas Lecomte, and the production team Olivier Guérin, Pierre Monteil, and Philippe Mercher. <laughs>